Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Baseball America podcast. I'm Kyle Glazer, joined by J.J. Cooper. J.J., the return of the postseason is upon us. We have wild card games, the Nationals and the Brewers, the National wild card game tonight, followed by the A's and Rays on Wednesday. Uh, this is the most exciting month of the season for me. We're going to preview everything to come and everything to watch for in these two wild card games. But before we dive into it, J.J., the wild card game has now been around since 2012. Now that we have, you know, this will be the uh, seventh year of wild card games under our belt. What do you think of the format and moving into the next decade? Would you leave it as is or how would you approach this? I think that this is great as is. I would not tweak it. I would not change it. I would not adjust it. The problem I have is, you know, the talk you hear is, is, hey, why don't we go to a three game best of three or, or some other format? It's a 162-game season. I want there to be a chasm of difference. And again, I know that you can go back when we had one wild card and it wasn't really the case. I want there to be a difference between winning the division and not winning your division. Now, admittedly, you know, you look in the AL this year, you could be a very good team. I mean, Oakland won 97 games and they're in the wild card. But, but that said... This is a pretty massive reward. You don't face that one game do or die if you win your division. And the on top of that, and I kind of want to hear what you think about it too, but the, th the other thing that stands out to me is, is that these wild card games are absolutely awesome. When I think of some of the most interesting, most significant, most fun games to watch as a fan over this decade – I, my my mind keeps coming back to some of these wild card games because they've been some of them have been absolutely wild. The so, A's, but what do you think? Yeah, no, the A's Royals game comes to mind. Uh, we had the Orioles and Blue Jays a few years ago. Uh, those are great, and, and I'm kind of with you. After 162 games, we kind of know who the best in, in baseball are, and I'm I'm okay with this being a one game playoff to get into the division series. And you're right, I like the advantage it provides for the teams who did win their division heading into the best of five DS. So. I'm okay with it as is. It provides excitement. It rewards the division winners. Um, I wouldn't touch it either. And, you know, it seems like um, for the most part, you know, there's always resistance to change. I know I initially was not a huge fan of this format, but I've come around on it. And uh, I'm just looking forward to the games. I think that the one game playoff excitement really can't be matched. And one thing with that, which is kind of useful to remember for everything that changes in baseball I have heard of a number of comments like what you just said, which is people who initially were reluctant and now say, you know what, that's turned out pretty good. And I think that's actually happened. You know, the, the funny thing is, is when, when I look at the changes that have happened in baseball, I do think a lot of them, the changes that have been kind of instituted in many cases, deliberately instituted, I should say, uh, you know, the rules changes are things that we look back on and go, you know, that, that really was a pretty good idea. I'm not saying everything, but I mean, is there anyone who still is, is sitting there going, you know, I, I really miss the days of the four pitch intentional walk. You know, I really do miss that. And, you know, I mean, I mean, at the time where the catching, you know, the collision at the plate rule was instituted, it made it sound like that, you know, basically we were, you know, there was a lot of pushback of like, we're changing the very nature of the game. And 
you know, I, I don't think the game has really suffered for the fact that, that catchers are not basically being knocked into next week and being knocked out of ever playing the position again. That doesn't seem to be something that uh, has really damaged the game. You know, I, the wild card again, like the reality of it is, is if you have 30 teams, it's not crazy to say that you, you allow, you know, five in each you know, in each league to make the playoffs. That's, that's not, um, that's not crazy. And I'm glad to see it. Well, as we move into tonight's games, uh, there's certainly going to be some some incredible talent uh, really on the mound is where you have to start. Uh, you have the Nationals and the Brewers in the NL wild card game. Max Scherzer versus Brandon Woodruff, two big power pitchers with very different pedigrees. Uh, Scherzer's obviously on his way to the Hall of Fame. Woodruff really kind of broke out last year and, and asserted himself this year in the major leagues after really coming out of relative anonymity in the draft to become a top 100 prospect. JJ, I want to jump right into it. Who you got tonight, Nationals and Brewers? It's really hard to say anything other than Nationals, isn't it? Like, again, I mean, it's not just about the starting pitching matchup, you know, but nothing against Brandon Woodruff. And I do know that the, uh, the, the Brewers will be going to that bullpen very quickly, I'm sure, and they will use pretty much the kitchen sink tonight. That all said, it's really hard not to think that Max Scherzer, you know, and again, and Max Scherzer, but also a, a Nationals team that could throw pretty much anyone and everyone at him if they needed to. I give all the credit in the world to this Brewers team for making it to this point. I would never have it imagined the day that Christian Yelich went down that we would be talking about them for the wild card game. You know, credit to them and uh, I guess discredit to the Cubs in some ways for that. But, uh, but that said, I, I just do feel like, again, anything can happen in one game. If, if it was Nationals-Orioles in this game, I, I wouldn't bet the house on uh, you know, the Nationals because anything can happen in one game. Baseball's a crazy game. But I sure do feel like that going into this game, I feel like the Nationals have the better, <laughs> have the better pitcher on the mound you know, to start the game. They have really more kind of weapons to go to, as much if not more weapons to go to in this one game do or die on the mound. Because, again, if you need to, you could, you could use other starters in this game. Both teams obviously can. And, and then when I look at the lineups, I, I do think that right now, considering the injuries and all, I, I think that the Nationals probably have uh, a little better lineup as well. But, you know, what do you think? I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, obviously, the Max Scherzer-Brandon Woodruff uh, matchup on the mound is going to get most of the attention, as it should. But to me, the real separation here is in the team's offense. The Nationals scored the sixth most runs in the majors this year. The Brewers were 17th. Uh, the Nationals, you know, ranked among the top three in the National League and batting average on base percentage and slugging percentage. I think there's rightly a lot of focus on Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, the Nationals uh, starting rotation. But this lineup has been really a juggernaut. Uh, they get off to a slow start as a team. Uh, a lot of that was injury-based. Since they've gotten everyone healthy, I mean, this has been one of the, the top – you could say it's the top one of the top three lineups in the National League. It's really been top two because the other team in there is the Rockies. We know the boost they get from Coors Field. I mean, the, the, the Nationals outdo the Braves in pretty much every offensive category, all three slash line categories, run scored. But we hear a lot more about the Braves' offense. So for me – the combination of having Max Scherzer on the mound and a pretty wide gap in the quality of the offense, you know, one through eight, top to bottom in the lineup, independent of the pitcher spot. I just think that's another huge edge for the Nationals. You throw home field in there. 
I know the Nationals have a pretty sordid postseason history. Um, <laughs> I, will, I will take the talent. I will bet on the talent. And if something else crazy happens, so be it. But um, that that's kind of how I lean. And I, I would say the Nationals with a decent, decently comfortable margin is how I would predict it. The, the thing that stands out to me, I, I just want to spend a minute to just an ode to Juan Soto. I That season on the heels of his rookie season, you know, is just remarkable. You know, 20 years old, uh, basically posting a 400 OBP with power, 34 home runs, uh, you know, chef's kiss. I mean, but you do look at this lineup and what you're saying, like, again, to have him – and Anthony Rendon, and Trey Turner. I just feel very good about their ability to, you know, to put a couple of runs up tonight. And again, all credit in the world to the Brewers for getting here, and they absolutely could win this game tonight. But that said, you know, Keston Heroes had a great season. I do feel like, you know, again, Bustakis, Braun, you know, Grandal, they, they have a deep lineup. They do have that. But, man, they do miss Christian Yelich. And – I don't blame them. You know, he was, he's what the, you know, he was on pace to be the NL MVP. You, you don't, you don't really, uh, you know, re- recover from that very, uh, very easily. And I, I do think that they will absolutely positively miss him. And, you know, Lorenzo Kane has been gutting it out. I mean, they, they're, they are showing the effects of the length of a 162 game season. And so, you know, we'll see. Yeah, again, I, I go back to, you know, you mentioned the lineup. Um, there are some holes at the bottom. Lorenzo Cain had a rough year. Orlando Arcia had a really rough year as well. And again, that's where, you know, you look at the names in the lineup, you look at the performance over the course of the season. It's just a pretty heavy, heavy edge to the Nationals. Uh, but I do want to hit on that, that sordid playoff history. Uh, winning this game, I don't think, would exactly chase away all the ghosts. But it would be a nice start. I do feel like if the Nationals can get out of this, this is a dangerous team. And the Nationals have had some very, very talented postseason teams this decade. But I look at this rotation. I look at this lineup. I do feel like this Nationals team has a chance to be as strong as uh, some of their other previous postseason participants. They scored more runs than any of those other teams did. I do feel like this is a dangerous Nationals team if they can get past this round. Do you think this could be the team, if they can get past this wild card game, that could win the first full uh, postseason series in franchise history? Oh, absolutely they can. I mean, you just look at that rotation, and they're not a team that anyone wants to face. I mean, you know, I I will say right now, I I mean, the the, the way to put it with that is is that if you're the Dodgers, I don't think there's any debate. You are – if you're a Dodgers fan, you are rooting tonight for the Brewers. Would you agree? Like, I oh, mean, absolutely. you do not. Absolutely. You don't want to face Scherzer, Corbin, Strasburg. Like that. That is a much more frightening team to face. Uh, you know, in a say, you know, in a, in a series. I mean, that's that's just a much more frightening team to face. And again, I think we have a little bit better lineup too. Um, that said, I do think that they are. I think they have, they are very rightfully in the wild card. I, you know, what, what I mean by that is, is I do think as good as they are, and this is a team that I do think has the chance to win it all, like a very legitimate chance. That said, I don't think they're as good as the Dodgers. I don't think they're as good as the Braves. 
You know, I, I think that that was, again, when we say, you know, it was kind of proven out over the course of the season. Um, and, uh, you know, they, and, they want that, and they don't get to face the Cardinals. So, I mean, they're going to run into what I do feel like is, is kind of a juggernaut in the Dodgers. Um, and I would say, I would not say it's likely if they make it through this that they're going to be playing in the uh, NLCS. But, you know, yeah, you, you absolutely do give them a shot because this is exactly what this team was constructed for. This is why you have a rotation that is as talented and as expensive as the rotation they have and give them credit for that. Like, going out – we would not be, to me, talking about this team the same way if they had not gone out and acquired Patrick Corbin. So you and I are both on the Nationals boat here, which, of course, means the Brewers will win the game in uh, glorious yep. fashion, some form of comeback. That would really be right in line with the Nationals postseason history. Moving on to the American League game tomorrow night, we have the A's versus the Rays, Charlie Morton on the mound. And as of this exact recording, the A's have not announced their starting pitcher. JJ, you and I had a very – I think I have some insight on it. I think his name's going to be Johnny Holstaff. Well, so that's actually exactly what I want to talk about. So you and I had a very spirited discussion about this last year, and I, and I, I still feel strong with this. The, the A's probably were not going to win last year's wildcard game against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium anyway, and especially with their offense kind of disappearing in the early part of the game when it was within reach. But they did not do the right thing by going with their bullpenning strategy. We talked about that before the game. It played out, and after the game, I, I thought management – did not put its team in the best position to win with that decision. And to me, that is the cardinal sin of management. You have to put your team in the best position to win. If the players don't execute, so be it. But management's job is to put their players in the best position to win. So right now, they have not announced it. To me, this is so painfully obvious. And his name is Mike Fires. He went 15-4, and four, kept his ERA under four, was a quality pitcher, start to finish throughout the season. I'm not saying Mike Fires, if you start him, is going to give you seven or eight innings. But if he can give you five, that is a much better thing to do to try and get than going another big bullpen game, especially with Lou Trevino out, Blake Trinan out. And the A's bullpen, especially at the back end of games, really struggled this year. Give me Mike Fires for five, then mix and match. If you want to bring in A.J. Puck, Jesus Lazardo, and figure out a bridge to Liam Hendricks that way, awesome. The worst thing the A's can do, the worst thing they can do is try and do what they did last year. Just give Mike Fires the ball. He's on his schedule with tomorrow. If, it's, if he starts tomorrow, and try not to outthink yourselves on this one. Go with what has worked the entire season. And I will disagree with you because I will point out when you say from start to finish, um, Mike Fires had a – now, admittedly, it is because of two absolutely horrendous outings, but he had an ERA close to eight in September. Um, he had a game where he gave up nine runs in an inning. He had another where he gave up three and was knocked out in the second. Um, you know, the reality of it is, is that now, absolutely, I have no problem if you take Mike Fires out there and you say, okay, we're, we're counting on him to get through the lineup one time. And we will play it by ear after that. But again, this is a one game do or die. And when we talk about this, when we get around to previewing the, uh, you know, the division series, when we talk about the twins, we're going to be talking about something like this because they don't really have a whole lot of choices and it, it worked out for them pretty well. What I'm interested with that is, is okay, rewind it for a second. Do you think that the Brewers are going to treat Woodruff in this game as, you know, okay, here's the ball and, we you know we will see you in the seventh, or do you think that they're going to treat that also as 
they're counting on 12, you know, to 15 ounce and anything beyond that is bonus. Well, we'll find out. But the difference there is the Brewers have the bullpen arms. The A's, again, Lazardo and Puck were nice call-ups, but this is not the A's bullpen of last year. Uh, they led the majors in blown saves for most of the years. They coughed up a lot of leads uh, after the fifth inning. So you have to play to your strengths. And the bullpen is not the A's strength this year. And you mentioned Fires, those September struggles. But he finished great. Uh, his last two starts, uh, 13 innings, gave up two runs. Held opponents to a 140 average. Like, yeah, he had a bad start, um, you know, two bad starts early, earlier in the month. But his last two, he was great. I just – I go back to, again, what is most likely to get the A's a win in this game. And they might not win anyway. The Rays are a really good team. We'll get to our predictions in a second. Oh, let, let me tell you also, along those lines, I don't think that the Rays in any way are expecting to see – six innings from charlie morton either really I mean, I oh think i completely disagree they're gonna ride that they're gonna ride that they're gonna ride him. they should ride him as long as he's fresh as long as his arm looks good if he looks tired in the fourth sure pull him but if he's cruising in the seventh leave him this is a this is a veteran standout who's probably going to finish third in cy young voting as long as he looks strong and he's pitching well leave him in i my prediction is is Charlie Morton will you will not see him standing on the mound in the sixth inning. That'd be my prediction. I do not think again, he's had a very good season. I absolutely he's had a great season. But you know, the reality of it is is that this is also this is absolutely a raised team who, you know, again, in a one game where you by the way, you know, everyone is available, but not only that, but your bullpen, you have more arms available. You know, you you could I do not, I, again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he goes out and shoves, but I, I would say the Rays are looking at him getting 15 outs. They would love to see him get 18. You know, that would be like absolutely outstanding. And I don't think they have any, you know, any thought that he's going to get 19, 20 or 21 outs. You know, I, I just think that is, they've had a lot of success with that um, partly by necessity, but you know, and again, you're all right that this is not a bullpen where they have, this is not, you know, Josh Hader pitch, pitching, you know, last year's especially Josh Hader pitching the uh, the eighth and ninth. But this is a team that has a lot of guys who have experience kind of coming in and a lot of guys who they can play matchups. And, again, it's a 25-man roster where you really can set this up where you say we may use all 25 guys if you have to. And see, again, this goes back to it depends who your personnel is. So the Rays had the best bullpen in baseball this year, a lowest bullpen ERA. Uh, we saw them even fortify it more at the deadline. Nick Anderson, Nick Anderson. has yeah. been amazing since he came into Tampa Bay. So, again, it goes back to, yeah, it depends who your personnel is. There's not a one-size-fits-all here. You have to adapt to the players you have. So for the Rays, look, if Charlie Morton has given up four runs in five innings, yeah, yank him. Don't just leave him out there no matter what. But – see how he's pitching, watch the swings guys are getting off of him. I, again, I go, I go back to the, having this firm script that does not take into account anything that actually happens during the game is the wrong way to go about it. You have to have some flexibility. You have to watch what's happening. You can have that as a guideline. You absolutely have to be prepared and understand all the scenarios. But deciding this, you're going to stick with it no matter what is the wrong way to go about it. And so for me, that's where, look, if Charlie Morton is dealing – and he can give you six or seven innings or six and two-thirds of one-run ball, let him go, then bring in the bullpen. Don't yank him in the after five just for the sake of yanking him after five. 
And the A's as well. Again, I, I don't anticipate, again, when I say start Mike Fires, or maybe they decide Sean Maniah, who's been great since he came back as well. Maybe it's him. Look, if they go out and, they're, and they give you five innings, awesome, great. Just don't do the, all right, we're going to put in some relievers for the first, second, third, try and piece it together with some one, two, and three inning stints and hope we don't run out of bullpen arms by the, by the sixth inning as they did last year. I, I just, that's the wrong so, way to go about it. So looking at lineup versus lineup in this game, who do you think has the better lineup, A's or Rays? To me, it's the A's, no questions asked. I, again, I just look at that's a deep lineup. That's, that's a, no easy outs in there, one through nine. But by the same token, I have underestimated the Rays' offense all season long. I, I keep expecting some of these guys to fall back to earth, and they, they keep performing. So I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. I, I mean, to me, I would pick the A's to win this game, provided – they make the right decision with their pitching staff because I think they have the better lineup and they also have an extremely good defense that will help. How often do we see defense make a difference in the postseason? All the time. And to me, that's an edge the A's have. And that's why I would pick them again with the qualifier of doing the right thing with their pitching staff, which is still TBD at this exact moment. I, I'm, I think in the Rays are going to win this one. Um, I, I do think I think that this Rays lineup is quite good. Um, they're 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 deeper than they are exceptional, but there is a lot of depth in this lineup. Even though they've had kind of a a, a number of injuries, um, I will give them credit. Like there are a couple of guys. Like I didn't understand the uh, decision to go with G-Man Choi uh, coming into the season, and he's had a perfectly respectable season. I give them a lot of credit for that, you know, but they've also, they've gotten a couple of guys healthy again, you know, that that's been very helpful for them. You know, we'll, we'll still see kind of, you know, how healthy they've got a lot of guys who they've got some tough, you know, some interesting decisions because uh, you know, it's just how they set up the lineup and all, because again, they have, it's a deeper lineup than it is a, a lot of exceptional guys, but man, they Austin Meadows is very hot right now, obviously, uh, which is very useful for them. Uh, you know, Tyler Glasnow, again, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw him at some point in the game because, you know, again, this is all hands on deck and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But, I mean, the funny thing is that we talk about the Nationals playoff history and I feel for A's fans, like to the A's credit, they have been there a lot, but, you know, they're another team that the, the playoff history in the 21st century has had a lot of, uh, uh, of difficult moments, you know, and you, you mentioned, I mean, if you're an A's fan, that, that Royals A's wildcard game absolutely had to feel like it was in the bag at one point and it was not. And that's one of the things that's great about wildcard, but at the same time, that also is, you know, something where, man, that had to hurt if you're an A's fan. And so they also are a team that is battling. The reality of it is, is a, a W here is very important for them. And an L here is just adding to the uh, postseason pain in the 21st century. I'm actually glad you brought that up. You know, 
deciding games have not been kind to the A's. Uh, they lost the wildcard game in 2018, lost the wildcard game in 2014, lost a game five of the division series in 2012, 2013, 2003, 2002, 2001, 2000. I mean, when it comes to winner take all uh, deciding games, it has been a very, very painful run for the A's dating back to the 2000 season. So uh, the fact they have this one at home in the Coliseum is definitely something they were going for, and rightfully so. I mean, they were pushing toward the end to get that because these two wildcard losses have come on the road. Obviously, you know, Oakland, there have been some attendance troubles, but the people who do show up are, are definitely diehard. So I think that will be an edge for them. And we go back to the offense just to put it in uh, numerical terms. You know, the A's finished eighth in the majors and run scored this year. I mean, this is a top 10 offense in baseball. The Rays were 18th. Again, I, I kept, you know, watching the Rays going to games and, they kept winning games, and I wasn't really sure how they did it because they just – but really the way they did it was it was a great pitching staff and a really good bullpen. Um, I will say I do expect this game – whether I say this game will be closer, it's hard because anything can happen in a one-game playoff. I would say my confidence level in the Nationals beating the Brewers is probably stronger than it is in my pick that the A's will beat the Rays. But I do think the A's will win this, again, just on the strength of their their, their offense, on the strength of their defense, and provided they start fires or Manaya or a true starter, I think that will be enough to push them over the top. But again, I've been wrong about everything about the Rays for about two years now. So me saying that means they're probably going to win. <laughs> um yeah, if I said confidence, you know, my confidence on this, you know, like, okay, I would say that I'm like 65% confident in the Nationals winning the uh, NLR card game. And I would say I'm like 52% confident in the Rays winning the, uh, the AL wild card game. The reality is, is I do feel like that that Rays-A's game is very close to a 50-50 proposition. And you know, but part of that is, is part of the reason I do also raise is, is I do believe that, again, in a game where I think bullpens are going to be very important, I think that the Rays have a better starting pitcher on the mound, you know, and well, again, right now we're comparing Charlie Morton to TBA, but whichever pitcher the A's choose, I do think that the Rays have that advantage. And, you know, and so that's kind of uh, part of the reason I say raise tomorrow night. Completely fair. We talked about the Nationals. We Us feeling like if the Nationals do win this one-game wild card, they could be dangerous throughout the rest of the postseason. Do you feel similarly about the A's or the Rays, or do you think if they win this, this is it? Because whoever wins this game faces the Astros in the division series. Whoever wins this game is a massive underdog in the next round. I don't see any way to put it because – when we talk about, you know, it's funny. I did a thread on Twitter today talking about Earl Hershiser in a, you know, in '88 and how, you know, a pitcher, especially back then, could just put a team on his back like he really did. But, you know, the reality of it is, is as good. And again, I'm not saying that either of these teams could not beat the the Astros, but you're going to have to beat the combination of Verlander, Cole, Granke. You're going to have to win probably three games against those guys. That seems – that's going to be pretty tough considering, you know, I think the big debate right now is, is did Justin Verlander have the best season of any AL pitcher or was that Garrett Cole? Um, you know, you're going to have to beat 
one of the two best pitchers or probably both of the two best pitchers in the American League. You're going to have to beat them. You know, e either one of them, you're probably going to have to beat them once. Because if you lose those games, you know, you're there. You're probably going to pitch twice in that series. They're going to be set up that there's no reason they can't both pitch twice. The third best starter they have is that Granky. You know, that is – that's just stupid. I mean, <laughs> stupid good. To be honest, I probably – the one thing I think I have going for them is, is the ALDS. And so, you know, the reality of it is, is that at least you – I'd rather face them in a best of five than a best of seven um, because you're not going to face the combination of Greike, you know, you're probably, you're probably going to face Greike once, you're probably going to face Verlander twice or, or Cole twice. But, you know, the reality is, is it's a five-game series. So it's a little better than, you know, than facing them in a seven. That said, the two best pitchers in the AL this year were Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole, and they're both going to be pitching for Houston in that series arguably the the second best hitter, you know, and the best hitter who's healthy in the American League is Alex Bregman. You're going to face him. The best rookie in the league is Jordan Alvarez. You're going to face him. You know, it, it's a really great lineup. It's a really great pitching, great pitching staff. The only thing that maybe if we're looking for how is this team not as good as last year is, you know, maybe the bullpen's slightly uh, less impressive than what Houston's bullpen was at the end of last year. But you know, this, that's going to be a tough task for either one of these teams. I mean, understandably. I mean, this is a really, really good 107-win Astros team, and it's going to be a tough, a, a tough challenge for anyone to, uh, to beat them, you know, anywhere in the playoffs, but especially a team that's, who's going to also have the disadvantage of coming through the wild card. So your pitching's not going to be set up and, and ready in the same way that the Astros is because you've got to win this game. Absolutely. I will say for what it's worth and, and take this however much you want. Uh, the A's did have the most wins against the Astros of any team in Major League Baseball this season. The Astros still won the season series 11 to 8 over the A's, but those eight wins by the A's were more than any other team managed against the Astros this year. Uh, and the Rays actually won the season series against the Astros 4 to 3. So you never know. Crazier things have happened. Um, you know, whether that success in the regular season translates to the postseason is hard to state definitively. Oh. But uh, either way, I think it'll be, uh, you know, the Astros are going to be favored no matter what. And that's, that, that's but, the thing I wanted to interject here. This is one of the things that I love about baseball is I'm not saying things can't happen in other sports. But the thing that does stand out is, is that if we were talking about the NBA playoffs, I feel very, very confident that the better team, like, I mean, the reality is, is we had Cleveland versus Golden State back to back to back to back. If you look in the NFL, you know, the reality of it is, is that the superior team is going to win, even in a one-game playoff, a vast majority of time. That's the great thing about baseball is – for good and bad, and you want to argue it that it's bad, feel free. But the reality of it is, is that the best team loses a best of five or a best of seven series a lot of the time. And, I mean, we have no real idea what's going to happen over this next month because it's going to be crazy. And that's what I love about it. And so, you know, I am very – I am as geek as I can be for the NL, you know, wild card game tonight and equally geek for the wild card game tomorrow night, the AL wild card game. Cause these hopefully will be two of the better games and two of the most memorable games we will see all year. 
absolutely. The wild card game rarely, rarely uh, disappoints. JJ, thank you so much for uh, coming on. We're going to have a lot more playoff podcasts throughout the postseason for you. Always fun times and uh, always fun to go back and review. Uh, I mean, this is what everything we do at Baseball America is about, you know, ranking prospects, draft prospects. It's to get to this point. It's for those players to become impact players in the major leagues, help their teams get to the postseason and ultimately emerge as champions in October. Uh, this is this is why we do this. And this is the fun culmination of everything. This has been another edition of the Baseball America podcast. Go ahead and give us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever platform you're listening on. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Now's a great time to subscribe to Baseball America. We've got League Top 20s out on the site right now. We have our uh, end-of-season awards issue coming out with our Rookie of the Year, our Major League Player of the Year. Uh, Top 10s for both the AL and NL East will also be in the next issue, followed by the Central and the West. So prospect rankings, end-of-season awards, uh, postseason coverage, everything you could ever want and more uh, in Baseball America online and in print right now. So now's the time to subscribe. For JJ Cooper, I'm Kyle Glazer. This has been another edition of the Baseball America podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy October. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.